indeed great and mighty you are, mighty in battle, Lord. We choose to bless you this afternoon. We give you glory and honor and praise. Lord, you are our God, and there's none besides you. There's none that can be compared with you, Lord. As we come in your presence this afternoon, Lord, Father, we surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our mind, and Lord, we choose to come to humble ourselves before you, believing that you are present for your promise, where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in their midst. Lord, we surrender everything that we have come with. Lord, we have come to a God who is loving. We have come to a God who cares. A God who has a plan for us, my King of glory. We come to sit at your feet this afternoon, my Father, believing that, Lord, you know each one of us. You know our going down and our coming up, Lord. Nothing is a secret, Lord God, before you, my Father. And as we choose to come before you, Lord, we open our hearts to you. Lord, may you empty us empty us this afternoon, my Father, of anything that will hinder your word from getting, Lord God, a place in our lives. And Lord, every burden that we have come with, we pray that, Lord, you will roll them off, my Father. For, Lord, we have come that we may meet with you. And we know that, Lord God, in your mercy, you are there for us. Every other time we come before you, Lord God, Father, we know that we shall not leave this place the same, my Father. So Lord, accept our praises that we offer to you this afternoon, my Father, for great and mighty things that you have done in our lives, my Father. We cannot express it all, my Father, but accept our thanksgiving. Accept, Lord God, our gratitude as we come before you. Take all this praise and thanksgiving that we offer to you, Lord God, as a token of all the great things you have done in our lives. For Lord, who are we to be in your presence this afternoon, my King of glory? A lot that we have gone through, my Father, Lord God, on a daily basis, Lord. There are so many things that, Lord, continue to crush our spirits, my Father. But Lord, we thank you because when we come in your presence, Lord, you are our healer indeed. You are able to heal our spirit. You are able to heal our soul. You are able to heal our physical sicknesses, Lord. And so, Lord, we have come before you, Lord. Father, may you meet with each one of us. May you meet us, Lord God. The Lord, we shall be able to hear your voice. And as we surrender this moment, my Father, Lord God, we commit all others who are joining us online, those, my Father, Lord God, who are committed elsewhere, Lord, we pray that you will meet each one of them at their points of need. Lord, may you come and dwell in our midst. I present myself before you, Lord God. Father, may you come and speak through me. That, Lord, your words will pass through me, not hindered, but as you purpose it, Lord God, to reach the ears of your children, Lord. Father, may it pass through me. That, Lord, we shall be blessed altogether. For, Lord, your word is a double-edged sword. And, Lord, as it speaks to others, Lord, let it speak to me as well. We give you glory and honor and praise. For in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray and believe. Amen. Hand clap to the Lord. Thank you, choir. Praise the Lord. Uh, for those of you who do not know my name, I'm Emmanuel Unenboth. Uh, I'm a member of this church. I do work here as well. Uh, as the Cathedral Vajra, 
I want to thank God so much for the opportunity he has given me, especially to be the vessel to be used this afternoon. And I want to believe that the Lord has an appointment with you to meet with you this afternoon. So my prayer is that be attentive to listen. We want to welcome those who have joined us online. May the Lord bless you as we share this moment together. And we believe that the Lord is not limited by distance. Wherever you are, the Lord is able to meet you at that point of need. And uh, as we come this afternoon, I know we are expectant. And the Lord is able to meet those who are expectant, those who continue to wait upon him, longing for a voice from him. Amen? Uh, greetings from my wife. She's aware that I'm preaching this afternoon, and she has been praying for me this morning. She prayed with me and said, I wish you God's blessing as you bring his word. Yesterday, it was her turn. She was preaching in a, a, a church during the midweek, and so I was doing the same for her. Praise the Lord. We are looking at a topic this afternoon from Psalm chapter 18, Psalm chapter 18 from verse 25 to 28, and the topic says, keep my lamp burning, keep my lamp burning. Now, when we talk about a lamp, what comes to our mind is one thing, and that is light. The purpose why a lamp is made is so that it will be able to give light. And so we have different forms of lamps that we do use in our homes or in different places, and a lamp becomes relevant only when there is darkness. Right now, we are in, uh, here. We can see a few lights simply because the walls have cast some kind of shadow in the house, and so we need some extra light to be able to make things visible. And I want to say that when a lamp is made, it is not made in such a way that it automatically gives light. We know that we have kerosene lamps, those that use paraffin. We have candles that we use sometimes at, in our homes. We have torches. We have these bulbs that we are seeing here. All these are forms of lamps that we do use. <clears throat> but I want to also bring to our attention that these lamps by themselves do not give lights until some external factors join with them or are connected with them, then you find them able to give us light. The lamp that we use in our homes, in our sometimes the village, some of us grew up using this uh, small lamps, I don't know what you call it in uh, your languages, local languages, but we used to call it kadoma. Okay? I don't know what other people call it. And this small lamp actually has 
the structure is made so that it is a can that has a tube, a metallic tube standing, and in it we find there is also a wick, a wick that actually uh, gets in touch with the paraffin in the lower container, and then we have the paraffin that is put. And so, this does not give light, even when the paraffin is there, and the wick is there, until when fire is introduced. So we look at the paraffin, the wick, and the fire as the external force that, or the external factors that make this small lamp usable to give light. And when we look at a candle, we know the, the candle itself is made out of the wax which provides the fuel, and then we have the wick which is a small thread inside it, that is what now makes it burn, and then we have the fire that has to be introduced for the candle to be able to give light. We have our torch, it is made in such a way that if it is to give light, there must be a source of power, and we normally use the battery to give that and so, in all this, we see that it is the external forces that make this lamp relevant whenever there is darkness. Minus that, you may find that actually this lamp is as ordinary as any other object in the house when there is darkness. Until when these external factors work together to make it usable to produce light. And so, we are looking at this text in Psalm chapter 18. Let's read from verse uh, 25. But when you get back, you will read it from verse 1. Now, this is a Psalm of David that he actually wrote the time when he realized that God had given him victory over his enemies, had given him success from the time he was chosen. Throughout his career, he, had, he has realized how the Lord was able to favor him to a point that he actually rose to a point of becoming the king over Israel and Judah. And when he looked at all this, he said, but surely who am I to rise to this rank? And so we see that most of the Psalms that David wrote, he was expressing some of these. He could not do it actually by mere words, but he sang this song every other time. And so we know that he was one person who was grateful, and that's why he was described as one person who was a friend of God, one who was after God's own heart. And that was David. And so in this text, as we read from verse 25, it says, to the faithful you show yourself faithful. To the blameless you show yourself blameless. To the pure you show yourself pure. But to the crooked you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low those who eyes, whose eyes are haughty. And verse 28, You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God, 
turns my darkness into light. My God turns my darkness into light. Now, the purpose for which we have light is that when there is light, everything in the darkness becomes visible. And so when David brings out this analogy of the lamp, what is it that was in the life of David that was not visible? Some of the things when we consider the life of uh, David before he actually was anointed to become king, we know his life was not something that was significant. Everything about him was hidden. And we shall see that actually the people who made him to appear like his darkness were not people from very far away. They were members of his family. And the reason why David today is able to praise God is because where he was picked from, none of his family actually knew he would rise to that. First of all, as a shepherd boy, the work that was given to him to go and look after the sheep was one thing that they actually despised. He had other brothers, seven other brothers who were actually good-looking, you know, energetic, but him being the last born, he was actually given that work. So you would be there in the bush. Most of his time he was in the bush. And so everything that he did in the bush, according to the family, were actually not very, very important, according to them. Yes, he was looking after the family animals, yes, but the rest of the things concerning him, nobody was bothered. And that's why the time for him to be anointed as king, it wasn't actually members of his family that actually chose him. No, they despised him. And as we read from uh, the word of God, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, from verse 1, we see that when Samuel was sent to go and anoint David, to replace King Saul after King Saul had uh, faulted before the Lord and so the Lord rejected him. So he sent Samuel to go and anoint one of the children of Jesse. And you know how Saul, how Jesse, when he saw Samuel, you know, and the message that came through Samuel was, I, I want to see all your sons. The Lord has sent me to come and anoint one of them. And when Samuel saw the firstborn, Eliab, wow, that was a material for being a king. Energetic, huge. And so when he was tempted to actually go and anoint Eliab, the Lord said, no, he's not the one. And in verse 7, he says, man looks on the outside. But for me, I look at the heart. And so, the next one comes. Afterward, Abinadab came, the same message. Not that one. Shama came. Until when all the seven sons 
were paraded before him and the Lord said, none of them. Why? They don't qualify. Outwardly, they are the materials. Until when Samuel said, are these all the sons that you have, Jesse? And you know, reluctantly, Jesse said, but there is another one, the last born. But now he's still in the bush, you know. As in a way of saying, I think that one doesn't qualify. The ones that are able, the ones that have the stature, are these ones I have brought before you. And what was the response of Samuel? He said, we shall not sit down until when he is brought. And so they had to send for David from the bush. And as David arrives, you know how somebody from the bush looking after those animals will look like. But as soon as he appeared, the Lord told Samuel, he is the one. Anoint him. And that's what he, that was it. Imagine what was going on in the life of the brothers who look at themselves abled, you know, they look at themselves as qualified, now looking at this shepherd boy being anointed. I don't know what was going on in their lives. And from that time, his life was transformed. Now, brethren, I want us to look at some of the things concerning David that his family did not even see. As a shepherd boy, you know that most of his life was in the, in the bush, looking after those animals. So he had very little interaction with other people. And so the exploits that he did while he was in the bush, you know that he was somebody who was having a heart for the animals. So whenever wild animals came, he risked his own life by making sure that every lamb that was caught by the wild animal, he ran after it, got the lion, killed it to rescue the lamb. This bear, and we know that these are not simple animals. Now as he did all these to the families, was like another stubborn young man who is just courageous to face those animals. But God was looking at a material for a king. One who would be able to defend his people. If he can have a heart to defend and risk his life for the sheep, how much more for the fellow human beings who are made in the image of God. And that's why God was not looking at the stature. While the family was concentrating on the outward look, God was saying, I know what is on his heart. And soon after his anointing, you know what happened. That's when he actually advanced to even make more news by killing the giant that was a scare to the children of God, Goliath. And so, you look at everything around him. His own brothers despised him. His own father despised him. But God had chosen him. So while those Key things about him while he was in the bush was insignificant to the people around him, members of his family. God knew that this is the one that has been chosen to be the next king after Saul. 
So those things stand out. And that's why when the time came, God had to choose him from that humble background to lift him to that position. So one of the things that we must know that is that God was pleased with him because of what his heart was before God. And when he was chosen, you know that from the time he became the king, David made his life to stand before God as a living sacrifice. He desired to know more about God. He desired to present himself blameless before the Lord. And that's why everything that he did before he actually sinned, because before he became a king, his heart was, I want to know this God. Everything he did was, he, he did it in the name of the Lord. And that's why the things that were considered insignificant, the time when he came to face the giant Goliath, what did he say? When Goliath was actually armed, ready to finish him, he said, you, this uncircumcised Philistine, you come to me with the javelin and the sword, but I come to you in the what? In the name of the God of Israel, whose army you have defied. And you know, he brought the testimonies about him. He said, with my bare hand, I was able to bring down the lion. With my bare hand, I was able to bring down. So who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the army of the Lord? So there are things in our lives that sometimes people may consider insignificant. But as long as we are doing it in the name of the Lord, they keep on building our testimony. They keep on building our CV before the Lord. And so the things that the Lord God considers about us, to fellow human beings, they may be things that are not even important, things that don't add up. But as long as God takes pleasure in us, it's a matter of time that you'll make the things concerning you that were invisible to be out as light. And those are the things that will actually put you on the spotlight of God. Where nobody has been able to recognize you, God will pick you from there. And when he has pulled you out of that darkness and put you where everybody is able to recognize you, then they will be amazed. We have other Bible characters that God picked. God does not use people who are qualified. Everyone that God used, he actually picked them from humble background when nobody knew them until when they rose to that point. You look at Joseph in Genesis chapter 37, a young boy among the able brothers, beginning with his dream, humble dream, and when he explains the dream, what happens, he becomes a problem to them. And they hated him. They planned all kinds of evil to do to him. 
Were they foreigners? Were they neighbors? No, they were members of the same household. And that's why some of the things that will actually hide us from being seen are the very people whom we actually move with. People who are supposed to actually promote us are the ones that will actually want to hinder us. And making us to appear like we are in darkness. And so Joseph was mistreated and to an extent that they even planned to terminate his life. But you know that from his dream to the malice by the own brothers until when they put it in the pit and later on sold him as a slave. But all these became divine tools to actually promote him until when from the pit he was in the palace. And from the palace of Potiphar to become the second in command in the whole of Egypt. God was pleased with him. And in all this he did not hate his brothers. All he did was he did his best and won the heart of the father, the earthly father. And when the father gave him the love, that became a point of jealousy to him, towards him. But we know that still God had chosen him. And we know when the right time came, from all these false accusations, God knew that this is the material that was to rise to the position of a prime minister in Egypt. And it was a matter of time. So brethren, there are times when actually the people who are going to put you in the pit are not very far away people. They will actually hide you and make you feel like you're insignificant. But place yourself in a position where you'll walk faithfully before the Lord. As David was blameless before the Lord, before he actually sinned, all this time, he was one person who desired to walk before God in perfection. And that's why God had a hand upon him and all the things that David did, he did it because the Lord was with him. You look at Moses, when he was picked, he was a refugee, running away. But when God chose him, he knew that this was the man who was courageous, who is able to lead his people out from slavery. And many other characters. And all these people, when the Lord called them, none of them was willing to actually go at first call. No. They found themselves actually not qualified to even take those positions. But because the Lord knew how their hearts were before him. He said, yeah, I don't use the qualified, but I qualify the ones I've chosen. And that's why when we consider our own backgrounds, you people, some of us were nobodies at the very beginning. It is possible that sometimes your own brothers and sisters looked down upon you at one point. I always tell a testimony about myself where at one point, even when I was already married, 
My own siblings looked at me and said, but what are you doing in Kampala? Because my life in Kampala was not an easy one. When I tell people that one point on Market Street in Nakasero, I was a cobbler. Nobody can believe that. I used to mend people's slippers and shoes in order to get something and go. And that time I was still studying. But that did not deter me from living my life. I never wanted to be a beggar. So I did virtually everything that would make me be sustained here until when the Lord intervened. I'm telling you today, those brothers of mine who were able, I can testify that none of them has a property here in Kampala. But I live in my own house. And today they're able to come and say, we have a brother in Kampala in whose house we are able to be accommodated. I'm the second last born. And out of them, they had what they call money. But none of them thought of ever developing or buying a property in Kampala. Now from that humble background, the Lord has lifted me. And today, brethren, they see me on the TV and they say, and they keep on calling, yeah, we saw you on, the, on, on family TV. We saw you at All Saints, you know? And this is the one that they actually one point said, what are you doing in Kampala? Why don't you go in the village and at least dig and, you know, sustain your family from there? I was insignificant. One time I was given a VIP treat. I don't know whether I've ever testified about that. As a virgin, I was supposed to actually go and uh, carry out a rehearsal of a couple. And they chose not to wait from here, but uh, from Unyonyo. So they sent for me while I was here. I hear them saying, we have come to pick Emmanuel to come and do the rehearsal. Where? At Unyonyo. And remember, it was the driver sent in a V8, you know, you know, <laughs> you know. And so I go out, the car is parked there with the driver. I go and enter and off we leave for Munyonya. And you know, it was during this time when uh, the Commonwealth Summit was at Munyonyo, and that was the time when it was ending. So the delegates were now leaving Munyonyo to go. And so as we drove through the jam, immediately we got onto the, the Gaba Road. Who comes to overtake us? These lead motorcycles that actually lead the delegates with the lights and all that. And immediately to pass us, the driver just put on the double indicator and we followed. And from there, huh, in the behind the seat, alone, no roadblocks, while other cars were being waved to go on the side, we were heading for Munyonyo. Every roadblock, we passed and went. Up to there, the rest of the cars were there. And I was looking at myself, I said, is this me? And at one point I was tempted to actually pinch myself to know whether it is a reality or it is a dream. But you know, 
it was a reality. So a VIP treat. And we went. So I did the rehearsal because when I reached, they said, now the reverend from All Saints has come. I said, no, I'm not a reverend, but this is what I do while at All Saints. So I conducted the, 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 the rehearsals and then coming back, we entered another convoy now with the team that was actually coming to the neighborhood. And you know what kind of security that was now. So my car was one of them, among them, and we were able to come all the way, clearing all the jam, and they left me when I was now coming to All Saints. And so when I was meditating upon this, I said, but surely who am I to be given such a VIP treat? And so the following Saturday, the wedding was done, and uh, the president was one of the, was the guest that actually attended there. And guess what? So when he was coming to now greet the Wagolese, with me in the background, they take the picture. And on Monday, it was now the front page of the newspaper. And so I received calls. Yeah? Is that you or somebody who resembles you behind the what? <laughs> the big man. And said, but who am I chosen? So at one time, because of serving the Lord, the Lord will bring you out and make you a point where every eye will be able to see you. And that's why when David realized that at one point he said, he, he actually prepares a what? A table before me in the presence of my what? My enemies. For them to be able to see that he has lifted me from nowhere and prepared a banquet before me. The Lord is willing to do that. But the criteria he uses is that you must be able to please him. And that's why he says in Matthew chapter 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's the one that will position you. That even when people despise you and consider you a nobody, time will come when the Lord himself will lift you. And so when David was quoting all this and said, you, O Lord, makes my lamb burning, keeps my lamb burning, and my God turns my darkness into light. The Lord has a plan for us. And this plan is waiting for you to position yourself. And as I said, you position yourself by preparing not your physical stature, by dressing smart. No, prepare your heart. It doesn't matter how shabby you may be from the bush. The Lord knows when to lift you. The Lord knows when he will put you on his stage and every eye will be able to see you. The lips that actually discouraged you will now be praising you. The one that actually used to you think you are a nobody, this is the time they want to identify with you because the Lord has lifted you. And that's why David did not say it was my own strength that has won me all this. No, the Lord himself chose. Otherwise, humanly, he did not qualify. 
everything around him actually disqualified him. But the Lord who sees on the inside is able at the right time to bring things to light. And so he says it is him who makes your darkness to become light. Amen? The Lord is waiting for that time when he wants to lift you and make you a light. The Lord is going to take, a, take you and lift you to a point where even the demons that used to actually put you down, you'll walk in a place and before you even say a word, this, the demons are screaming. Why? Because you have pleased him. You have put your life right and the Lord will give you that authority that you don't need to struggle for certain things in your life. The Lord will do it with ease. May the Lord prove himself faithful because he said in verse 25 of that same text that we have read, he said to the faithful, he proves himself faithful. To the blameless, he proves himself blameless. To the pure, the Lord will present himself as pure. In other words, the Lord treats you according to how you present yourself to him. So let's purpose to really please the Lord in everything. Regardless of what people will say about us, as long as the Lord takes pleasure in us, he knows when to lift us. He knows how to position us so that what used to be our weakness, the Lord turns it around to become our strength. And when he has done that, let's be willing not to take the glory upon ourselves, but return it where it is due. And that's what David did. That he pleased the Lord until when the Lord was pleased with him and said, I will bless you. If it was repentance, David repented like no one did. He did not consider anything about him as so important as to neglect the Lord's command. May the Lord fulfill that which he has purposed for you. As you humble yourself, says the Lord will lift those who are humble, but those who are proud, he brings them down. Shall we pray? Our God and Father, we thank you so much for this afternoon. We bless you for we know that, Lord, you send your word to us and you said your word will never return to you void. I know that, Lord God, as your children came in your presence, there's somebody who may be struggling, struggling with identity crisis. He has come before you, but is not sure whether you know him or you know her. Lord, I pray that you'll make this clear. That the people that you have chosen, my Father, Lord God, were not people who were popular. They were not famous. But Lord, because you who sees on the inside, Lord, you chose them. 
and made them the kind of people that did exploits before your people. Lord, I pray for these your servants, my King of glory. They have come to seek your face. Lord, they have come that, Lord God, you may qualify them. Lord, they have come that, Lord God, the history about them, Lord God, will be changed to become your story, my King of glory. We know that we come from a background, Father, where nobody actually considered us, my Father, as people who are important in your kingdom. But Lord God, as we purpose to seek you, as we purpose, my Father, to know you, Lord, will you show yourself out for us, Lord? May you reveal yourself to us, my King of glory. The Lord, as we seek your face, my King of glory, Lord, we shall not seek you in vain. For you say, those who will seek you will find you. And Lord, when we find you, our lives will never remain the same. So Lord, as your servants come before you, they have a yearning in their hearts. And as your servant, Lord God, says, as the deer pants for the water in the desert, in the dry places, so his soul longs for you, Lord. And Father, we have come this afternoon, my Father, with a longing heart. We have come that, Lord, you may touch us, my King of glory. We have come that, Lord, you may meet with us, my King of glory. That those things in our lives that, Lord God, are insignificant, Lord, may you shed a light on them, my King of glory. All our weaknesses, Lord, we come to surrender them before you. That, Lord, you may strengthen us, my King of glory. For, Lord, we desire to be tools in your hand, to be used in the transformation Lord God in your kingdom Father we have come that Lord God our names may be changed my king of glory we know so many things that Lord God has kept us down my father and we feel discouraged every other moment my father when we hear comments from people around us my father they have taken us back my king of glory and we have appeared like we have no value my father Lord God but Lord you treasure us each time we come before you, as we surrender our strength, my Father, Lord, before you, as we surrender our wisdom, my Father, before you, as we surrender everything that we have, Lord, they cease to be ordinary. But Lord, you transform them into mighty tools that are going to be used in your kingdom. And Lord, that's why we pray. May you recognize us, Lord. May you throw light on us, my King of glory, that our darkness will become light. And that, Lord, as you open our hearts to you, Father, may you use us. Use us as vessels, my King of glory, that, Lord, you take glory in us, my King of glory, as we serve you, as we move out to proclaim your word, as we continue to serve you in the different areas, different offices where you have placed us. Lord, we pray that our light will continue to shine, my Father. We pray that our life, our lamp will continue to burn, my Father, Lord God, before others to be able to see. We thank you, Lord. Bless us, Lord God. And Lord, may you continue to let these words be the theme of the meditations of our heart. And Lord, continue to brighten the remaining parts of the day, my King of glory, as we continue to walk, that Lord, we shall not walk as people who are insignificant, but Lord, because you have chosen us, Lord God, Father, we shall move before you, Lord God, in humility, knowing that, Lord God, it is your light in us that will all together, my Father, make us visible in your kingdom. We give you thanks, we give you praise, 
For in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray and believe. Amen. A hand clap to the Lord. Thank you for sacrificing this time to be in the presence of the Lord. I believe that the Lord has spoken to us. And as we give to the Lord, may the Lord continue to bless us. That as we move out, we shall seek indeed to seek his righteousness and his kingdom so that at the right time when he lifts you he will be able to use you as a tool in his kingdom.